Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Overthinkers. I am Shan. And I'm Rachel. How are you doing today or tonight, Rachel? Tonight, always tired, but I think that's my default mode. What about you? Yeah, no, it's good. Um, I'm looking forward to a playful week that leads me, hopefully, to uh, holidays. I think by the time we, we, we uh, have this podcast published. So, you know, there's something to look forward to. So it always makes me happier, uh, regardless oh, yeah. of my tiredness level, which is constant. No, that's true. And babies give you so much to look forward to. They do leave, give you things to look forward to, uh, including sleep. So <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, this is very good. Uh, talking things about things that are tired and not just wired. Mm. Um, we'll talk, talk about social media platforms today. And I mean, the, the question really is around the fact that social media platforms are very often defined by a generation that starts in popularizing it. It's very rare to see social media platform emerging as a true 10 pole, uh, four quadrant powerhouse at the beginning. It tends to be defined by a generation. We had millennials kind of, you know, starting off the likes of Facebook. And then we had Gen Z, I'd say probably you could say for TikTok, for instance, or maybe Instagram. Like there's a, there's always kind of a generational gap between platforms. And the question is whether it's easy for platforms even possible to survive those because those people get older, the platform gets less sexy. And uh, the younger generations, by definition, want to avoid the older one because it's like, I don't want to hang out with those old folks. No skeleton for me. Thank you very much. And um, it's just not an easy place. And I don't know that any social media platform has really managed to do the transition. So over to you, Rachel. Do you think it is possible for those platforms to basically grow or age with I their do. original audience? I do. I I actually think that the re, the the one that has really struggled to evolve has only been Facebook. And I think like a, a platform's ability to evolve is almost entirely tied to like personal identity as well as audiences. So like part of what helps TikTok in a lot of ways is that you get to consume essentially media that is entirely interest based, but not necessarily from people that I know. Um, I think that was a lot of the growth that helped to fuel Twitter for a very long time. Um, and I think that's where there are like stagnations in places like Instagram and sometimes also, and especially in Facebook because of like how tightly it is tied to an individual's identity or how much, um, anonymity can be tied to it. I, um, I also feel like sometimes there's, uh, a lack of maturation, uh, within platforms. So like if we're even going to consider something like, um, Pinterest in the fold as well, I think if you look at the platform, like it was such a big innovation at the time, if you compared it to Tumblr, Tumblr was only showing you one image at a time and you had like a, a large mix of content together. They really did innovate and become the visual sort of like search platform, but they haven't actually ad adapted or changed the product really significantly in almost 10 or 15 years. And I think they risk running into um, some stagnation and they very much have because of that. If you look at to some of the new tools like Arena, I think that that's a lot more popular with younger users because of how they can curate collections and um, again, tie it a little bit more to an individual identity. So I, I also, I've been thinking about this a lot with the sort of death of Twitter, the quote unquote rise of threads. 
if we are going to see like a new player come out after um, TikTok. And I do think that the the real uh, tell for that is going to be how much TikTok over indexes with advertising and trying to get into some of these like shopping behaviors. Um, like if it becomes a new QVC, I don't necessarily think that's something that the U.S. is going to really go after. Um, but I feel like we are at a point where everything is going to sort of stabilize for for the next while. I don't think anyone saw what was going to happen with with Twitter. I do think there's going to continue to be a gap for microblogging and and new services. I think that's something that needs to come out. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like we will survive and it will be largely fine. What what do you think, Shan? Well, I'm gonna put Twitter aside. I might come back to it later because I think Twitter has different dynamics at play for its downfall right now um, that are not generational as much as you know their meme problems with uh, yeah. a meme CEO or ex CEO now whatever he is. <laughs> um, I I think you know you it's fascinating for me because I first of all Facebook is not dead right so let's be very clear there there's yeah, a yeah. huge amount of engagement on Facebook people who log into it and I think it's it's become very fashionable to talk about the fact Facebook is just not a sexy place to be but it's still there it still generates a lot of advertising revenue more than Twitter could ever dream of right now mm-hmm. um, and so it is one of the platforms that generally speaking might not have been able to transition but has able to survive i don't know how long it will survive but there's definitely an aspect of you know there there is proof that it is possible to grow a little bit i think what's interesting though is that facebook's biggest problem might actually be what you described which is the fact at the heart facebook's social graph what was both the thing that kind of put it on the map but also the things that's going to cost it because people are much more towards interest graphs than social graphs nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a lot easier to find your own chickens on Instagram than on Facebook nowadays because just see what your friends say at some point gets boring and dull and whatnot. I know I use it. I love Facebook personally. I know it's weird to say, but I've lived around the world, so it's useful for me to keep track of some of my family members and friends and whatnot. So I do like the updates. But if if I did not have this international footprint where I can't see people, I wouldn't give a rat's ass by what people are posting on it. That's my reality, right? But the, the shift towards this interest graph, I think is fascinating because it is ultimately what might help those platforms transcend those generations. I think mm-hmm. it's a lot harder to sustain the generational gap if you're defined around that network of folks that you are quote unquote friends with. Mm-hmm. Um, than if you just interest, because your interests evolve. Your appetite, curiosities change as you age. And a platform that does not allow that, like Facebook, that relies on your social graph evolving the same way as you do, which is not always very likely, it just makes it a bit harder, I think, for them to to go and, and grow. But I think to an extent, you know, that's, that speaks maybe less to these general, generational um Damocles sword, let's call it, for, for 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 social networks, and probably a bit more about the natural, basically the natural way of disruption. That at mm-hmm. some point, you know, the the foundation of your product are not as fit for the market as they used to be when you launched. There is different requirements. There's competitors that come up with better things. I mean, TikTok every took every day surprise, not because of the video, but because of the algorithm. At the end of the day, um, 
and so that disruption is is kind of a, just a natural process of business. And I, th- and I think the journal thing might be more of a correlation than a causation, if you will. So yeah. I probably would agree with you that it might not be a generational issue as much as it is just your product being out of whack. And you've mentioned uh, Pinterest. It is hard to make a product change. There's mm-hmm. always counter reaction. People are used to it. I mean, even every time Instagram has made changes, people were complaining. The truth is Instagram's engagement levels have gone up every time. So even though we don't like it and we bitch about it, the reality is it kind of works. But it is hard to f- make your product evolve and therefore you're much more open to disruption. And that big center of gravity becomes a black hole for you to able to evolve. So I think it's a, it's a complicated one uh, for them to go and survive. Well, I do think, again, I do have a lot of admiration for Facebook and how they have evolved the product over time, because I do think the central thing that they do have a lot of power around is they could be sort of your identity for the internet. There was a while where like your Facebook login could log you into almost anything. And where, where I do think they continue to have some relevancy is in places like groups. Um, I think they were leaning into that quite a lot, but like local communities, those types of things were pretty, um, mom communities still very active. Yeah. And, um, and I would also say, things like the marketplace make it particularly powerful and like a much more trustworthy tool than like a a Craigslist used to be at the end of the day. Um, So there are things that they could double down on um, that I think would be interesting if they decided to continue to explore that. Do I think that the U.S. is going to ever have a true super app? TBD, it is far more likely that like an Apple is going to occupy um, that role in everybody's life than, um, than a single app to sort of like rule them all. Um, I also, again, think that TikTok is very much at risk to like the quality of its algorithms at any given, uh, day as well. And the quality of its content creators, um, I think that it will sustain for a while. I do think there continues to be a gap in the marketplace that was like kind of being occupied by Substack, but like since the death of Google reader and um, with the death of Twitter, I do think that like finding and discovering news and like long form blogging is going to be uh, interesting again, though I will say that like LinkedIn making decisions like, um, like adding AI to your publishing is very quickly going to turn people off of that platform versus yeah. necessarily build uh, build audiences in it. Um, I found that that they they're definitely walking like a razor's edge as they're looking at the future of their platform. Yeah, I'm very puzzled by LinkedIn, and I say that out of love, as in like it's really a platform I admire, have used, but it's just it's really really. It seems to have created a system that increasingly rewards bad content or, mm-hmm. and it's just like, it's kind of a, a not thing. And I think there is a, there's something a bit odd about the way they're, they're turning content. But again, to your point, and I think you're right, it's not necessarily a generational problem here. It's a product problem. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. that aspect of product design, and of course, you and I having a very strong opinion on this, doesn't mean we're right. Maybe LinkedIn have all the data that shows that's, that's winning. Um, so I think it's, you know, I, I've learned to have humility on those things as well, even though I have a strong opinion. I guarantee um, you it's bad. Me- like it's two things. It's one because they're owned by Microsoft. Microsoft is like, you have to put AI in the product. And the other is that like some genius product manager was like, I bet you if we give people an opportunity to write 
posts helped by AI, the metric is going to be people write more posts. And then they're using that as like a shitty fucking engagement metric. Excuse my language. Yeah. Um, I think there's also the reality that AI does a better job to write mediocre stuff than most people still. So maybe they also realize it might be a way to leave the content a little bit here and there for some folks. Um, I don't know. It will create the, 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 the AI powered post versus the non-AI powered posts. And uh, we'll see, we'll see where that goes, but I, I, I could see your scenario definitely be true. <laughs> uh, I, got, I feel like LinkedIn used to also like, because your again, your identity and your professional identity was tied to it. People used to be a bit more, you know, thoughtful about what they yeah. um, posted. But again, the uh, recession has changed many of us or not recession, but like COVID unshackling all of those types of things. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think there's another question I have on this though, in terms of the generational gap, um, mm. like, the, cause you know, we often talk about the death of TV and one of the biggest defense against it was like, well, great young people don't watch it, but as they age, let's see, because reality is like, you know, the way we consume things, you know, also comes from the way we age. And even though Facebook, for instance, started as a youth network, I mean, checking out girls in on campus, mm-hmm. I don't think you can go more, more youth bro than this. Um, has evolved into something for older generation. And do you think if a, a platform is kind of attached to a generation, there is basically a natural process where even though they will never be able to capture the younger generation that shapes some of the new platforms emerging, they might be able to capture the aging ones who at some point use it more or revert back to it or see more value in it because they have more of a dynamic that speaks to this generational uh, uh, desire and aspirations? Or do you think that's just not going to be the case and we're going to see people around interest graphs just going into the wherever they, they can have fun? No, I mean, I think, I think what was causing the advent of the death of TV was the way that TV was consumed. Like nobody wants to wait until 7 yeah. p.m. to watch the show that they want to watch or they want to, they want to watch things on their own terms. And so like, Netflix and Hulu and YouTube and whatever else essentially enable you to watch what you want when you want to do it. Um, I think that we will, you know, as many people age, they're able to like afford more things. So I think that we will continue to see an aging into subscription services. Mm. And I do think eventually, and we're already sort of suffering from this like content overload and Netflix does try to combat this a little bit with the like, just watch, watch whatever right now. Like I need to turn something on and not mm-hmm. think about it. Um, I think eventually they're going to try and find a way to help us out of our like analysis paralysis. Like I, I do talk very nostalgically with some friends around like, do you remember what the time when you used to be like flipping between two shows because they had like different, <laughs> different commercial periods or wow. those types of things. That's such an American take because we don't have that commercial breaks in Europe. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yeah, very different, um, very different type of experiences there. But, um, but yeah, I feel like there we're weirdly nostalgic for some of those types of things, but there also used to be like the act of channel surfing, which I do think is largely, um, largely dead in a lot of ways. So long story short, I think it's a little bit of a red herring because I think that TV was killed by a better product, Product. but I don't think, I I don't think that anyone's going to necessarily age into TV. I think they'll age into subscriptions. Like they're going to be more than happy to pay Bob Iger's 27% premium on 
his streaming services. No, no, that's fair. I think that's a that's a fair argument. Um, and do you think that the aspect of fandoms, which we see or big communities that we see on social, is something that plays to its advantage to survive these evolutions, or do you think that could be something that hinders it from evolving over time? I mean, I do foresee advantages there but like again not necessarily a social graph but i um like i see fandoms evolving and playing out particularly well in places like amazon's kindle marketplace Mm -hmm. um like a lot more self-publishers and those types of things um i do think it is going to make things interesting and difficult for streamers going forward or for streaming platforms going forward because um, with so many franchises competing against one another, eventually someone's going to choose between Paramount Plus because they like Star Trek and Disney Plus because they like Secret Invasion. I'm making up two examples. Yeah, nobody's into Secret Invasion, so it's not possible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I, there's, there's a clear winner in this in my mind. <laughs> Oh, I say that I have Disney Plus, but not Paramount. So hey, here you go. Mm. Um, so the, the the other question I had for you is, we tend to see the new platforms emerge very often because of younger generations. And historically speaking, I think the last 10, 15 years, it has been the case in social media. I can't really think of many social media platforms that have emerged and exploded without the youth being actively behind it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that can change? I, well, I actually think that we're in a very interesting time right now where I think, woo, hold on. <laughs> All right. Strap in for this hypothesis. Let's start the second episode. <laughs> no, I actually think that in our generation or in the millennial generation, you grew up ostensibly with like role models like Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg or whoever. It was like the founder generation your mm-hmm. aspiration was to be an entrepreneur in order to sort of build or create something, right? We also had like all the VC funding in the world, yep. tech stars, whatever else. And if then Elon look, Musk destroyed that dream. But go on. Yeah, Elon Musk just taught everyone what a bad CEO looks like. But, you know, my hypothesis would be the way that most kids these days are growing up, and we've been talking about these statistics for the last, like, I don't know, seven years. Like most kids these days want to grow up to be content creators. So I actually feel like we, the, and I think that the next generation of products isn't necessarily going to come from like these hyper ambitious kids who are going to say, I'm going to design the next Facebook or whatever. I actually think we're going to see a a different type of plateauing into, again, something that's much more stabilized. Uh, in the way that like TV stayed pretty stable for a good amount of time, um, in part because of like the carrot and the aspirations for this generation. I don't know. Big hypothesis there. So your your theory, if I understand, or your hypothesis, if, you, if I understand correctly, is that these older generations would increasingly shape things? Is that what I you're d- saying? I, well, if the younger generation always comes out with like a new format, I yeah. just think that there's less builders in this generation. Interesting. Because there's not a carrot for it. And again, like maybe most of the innovations that we're going to see are going to come from other markets, but not this market. Hmm. I can definitely see right now the plan for social media. If I was to think of the vertical of social media, mm-hmm. its problem is that the older generations are becoming rejectors much more than the younger ones. 
Like, I think there was just a natural, it could be because of the generational gap here where we are a generation that's grown without it and we know what the world looks like without it. And we have some level of nostalgia about what the world was without it. And I think we're very, very comfortable describing a world where social media should potentially not have existed, if you will. In principle, I don't think we're very easy at living without it because there is plenty of good things that come from it. But I feel like for, as a younger generation, there's still this this belief or attitudes towards it, which is like, yeah, it might not be great, but we can get it right. Versus I feel like maybe on an older side, they may be more of like, it's not worth our time. It's not worth us trying. It's just, it's a destroyer of worlds. Let's not go play with it. I don't know what you think. Again, like, again, my hypothesis is more like this generation that is coming up is comfortable creating within the system. Okay. Because our generation came from a, we went from zero to one. We saw more, op- I feel like we saw more opportunity to shape the system. Yeah. Now, I think that that's different in other cases. Like we didn't view that opportunity in like sociopolitical spheres and Gen mm. Z certainly is willing to blow up more things in sociopolitical spheres. But I like, again, when the internet was being quote built, I feel like our generation participated in it and therefore built more of the systems that we use. Now I think that most of the generations coming up after are happy to be participants in, but not necessarily the builders of the foundation. Yeah, it could be. It could well be. I can only say that I'm terrified for what my son is going to have to grow up into, to be honest. Mm-hmm. That is the, I, I just don't know. It's, you know, you see all the, that it is research on all of those things. The combination of mobile phones and social media platforms together has been a, a Molotov cocktail for youth, yep. which is a kind of worrisome, but I just don't know how to stop it. It sounds like it, it seems to be like a, a black hole attracting. Don't hang out happiness. on teacher Reddit. Teacher Reddit has every oh, bad story you gosh. would want to hear. No, I'm going to avoid it. I, I do enough Reddit for the day already. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Well, this- All right. As always, a good evening debate, Shan. It is. Overthinking in true fashion. (laughs) We carry that one all the way to the end. (laughs) Good to see you, Rachel. Oh, it's good to see you, Shan. Thank you for keeping me on topic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, listeners. Um, As ever, if you have any questions, suggestions for topics, uh, please do let us know. We'd love to hear your questions. And um, as ever, we'll uh, speak to you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.